This is a Rooster Teeth production. January 13th, 2012. The Costa Concordia had just embarked on a seven-day cruise along the Italian coast. It was one of the most luxurious ships in the world, and more than 3,000 passengers were embarking on a stunning week-long vacation. What followed next would make worldwide news and send the ship's captain to prison. I'm Charlotte. I'm Patrick. I'm Brian. Ahoy and welcome aboard Ship Hits the Fan, a podcast about some of history's most notable uh-ohs and whoopsies on the high seas. This one is definitely an uh-oh. This oh, is yeah. the uh-ohest of uh-ohs. It's the most uh-oh. And this was before cruise ships became walking mausoleums, floating <laughs> floating mausoleums during COVID. Oh, uh, yeah. Those those scrapyard pictures, they still they still invade my dreams as if I care about right. cruising. This was 2012 back when America was great again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the show started. We can all hope to have a Mediterranean sweetie for whom we can perform a maritime salute. A dancer, no less. Who among us hasn't risked our own life along with the lives of thousands of vacation goers for the sweet fruit of a Moldovan dancer's affection? (laughs) I'd do it. And I'd do it again. A hole breached, perhaps, but maybe so too a heart. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) That was really nice. Oh, stop, guys. Uh, and hey, thank you for all your support, the fan art, downloading, rating, all that stuff. Super helpful. And do that if you haven't. If you're a freeloader who hasn't liked or who hasn't uh, a, a bum a review and given <laughs> a, us a, a star about. Yeah. 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 We're not asking you to donate. There's no Patreon, but give us five stars and, and a nice review. And more importantly, tell tell a friend to listen. Tell a friend about this. And your mom. Tell your mom yeah, about crucial. it, okay? Although we do take Moms doubloons. Love us. So if you have if you have plunder, we'll accept that. Yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for rating. Uh five stars, please. Someone did take the the bait, as it were, and left a five star, I think, negative review. Okay. It, it was written like a like high school poetry. Oh, cool. But it seemed negative. But did, it was a five star review. Did it burn hotter than a thousand suns? Was it one of those? <laughs> I couldn't even make sense of it. It might not have been English for all I know. Anyway, enough of that BS because, folks, we have heard you. We have seen your comments. We have listened. And we are talking today about maybe one of the most requested ships for this podcast, the Costa Concordia or Costa. I've heard it referred to as both. Costa Rica? Costa. Costa. I don't know. Costa Rica? Yeah, Costa Concordia. Anyway, maybe the most infamous of recent memory as far as maritime disasters go. Anyway, let's get into it. When the Costa Concordia launched in 2005, it was Italy's largest cruise ship measuring 951 feet long with a passenger capacity of 3,780. To give you an idea of how giant that ship is, by comparison, the Titanic was 882 and a half feet long and could accommodate up to 2,435 passengers. Yeah, we blew Get past the Titanic a long That's time nothing. ago. Titanic is over. The Just Titanic has, size, has nothing on yeah. the Costa Concordia. And, you know, maybe people have gotten bigger. I don't know. Maybe? Are we taller? I don't know. I think we're taller. <laughs> I'm going to give us <laughs> there that. You have Mankind it. could use a win. It could accommodate 3,780 passengers or 2,000 Italians. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's, it's a carb-heavy cuisine. Anyway, 
The Concordian was luxurious, to say the least. It had four, count them, four swimming pools, a casino, and reportedly the largest spa on a ship. Eat It Titanic, which I think had, I don't know, an Irish dancing chamber. Um, <laughs> it did have that, yeah. <laughs> they had a whole deck for Italians. It was called Third Class. I think it was also the boiler room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Costa Concordia was owned by Costa Crociere, a subsidiary of the cruise operator Carnival Corporation and PLC. You may know Carnival Corporation from one of its brands, Carnival Cruise Line. Yeah, I got uh, if you I put that together. If you followed that thread, mm-hmm. the ship's maiden voyage consisted of seven days cruising the Mediterranean Sea, stopping off in Italy, France, and Spain, a route that eventually became the Costa Concordia's standard route. Sounds lovely. Yeah. I mean, I, not being on a cruise ship, I don't like. I'm not uh, cruises really, don't really appeal to me. I've never been on one. Not but, after this podcast, no. Well, not at all. yeah. <laughs> I took I, t- I took a, a cruise once, and it was it was good. I had a good time. Okay. Yeah. Bottomless drinks. What more could you yeah. want? And this one's probably got a lot of olives. It feels like an old person thing to enjoy. I, yes. I don't know, or something you get taken when you're in high school by your parents, and you're able to drink. An excessive amount at 16 years old. Yeah, yeah. It's that one is of the cool. two. I was taken uh, by my parents, and my mother is an avid listener to this podcast, so I will say that I had a lovely time on that cruise ship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Overseeing all the Concordia's operations was Captain Francesco Chettino, who you could probably describe as a tragic figure if not for some really fascinating choices he made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the tragedy is all his own. I would describe them as quite rational choices. Not brave at all, but I, I totally get why he did what he relatable. did. Relatable. <laughs> yeah. The most relatable ship captain ever. Yeah. The, mo- the most BG ship captain ever. Absolutely. Prior to this event, Chitino already had a substantial captaining mishap under his belt, allegedly crashing into another <laughs> luxury cruise ship as the captain of another Costa Crociere vessel, the Costa Atlantica. My God. Uh, apparently, this is two years prior to the Concordia fiasco. Uh, Shetty and the Atlantica were booking it into a German port and swiped the Ada Blue. <laughs> like, swiped the ship? The ship, like, yeah. Buzz yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Chitino defended his actions, saying he'd not been properly notified of the speed limit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so they were just, just full tilt into this harbor. <laughs> we don't have to exchange insurance information, right? This is just cosmetic. He's the ship equivalent of the guy coming up behind you in the left-hand lane going like yep. 120. Yeah, like the Mazda vomit. with the body kit. It's just yeah. you see them coming from a mile away and it's like, oh, f- 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. Get out of the way. Then you get to watch them merge across eight lanes. Yep. And, like, and sometimes you get to watch them flip. Yeah. Yeah. Those those videos have been going around. Anyway, Costa Crociere very wisely kept the captain on. So that brings us to January 13th. You're not a captain, are you? Can't clip his wings over just one thing. No, no, no. Or no. His, his flippers, whatever they have. I mean, the <laughs> you know, his, his skipper flippers? Yeah. I, I, I think the, the role of captain is so powerful. I don't know if you can fire a captain. Like you, the way you think they have, the captain outranks the CEO. Well, I think that the shipping captain has not, the role hasn't changed. Like there, that's part of the reason that like the ever given got stuck was because there's no like fail safe, really. The yeah. captain just gets to do what he wants, what they want. It is a title that conveys to me at least like an automatic level of respect. Oh, you're the captain. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. This, you're in charge. 
Even way more than pilot. For some reason, pilot to me, I'm like, yeah, anyone can go to school to be a pilot. But well, in my head, I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea how you become a captain. Pilots have something called uh, cockpit resource management. Uh, oh. Not to be all black boxed down about it, but they have like checks and balances mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and then the ship is like, forward into the Ada Blue. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the pilot also has a co-pilot. He's also a light on the stove. So there's like a lot of stuff going on. There's only one captain. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And the Concordia left with its captain on January 13th from the Italian coastal town Civita Vecchia. I hope I'm saying that right. At approximately 7.18 p.m., it had 1,023 crew members and 3,206 passengers on board. Like we said, the ship was huge. And maybe a ship hits first, covering a ship that isn't just disgustingly over capacity. So proof that, you know, following the rules actually doesn't get you anywhere. And mm -hmm. bad stuff can still happen. So don't follow any rules, especially at sea. Yeah, where were the kickbacks and payoffs and overloaded ships I know. people just spilling into the water? Yeah, this sucks. Yeah, that's why this disaster is so baffling because it's so different than all the ones we've seen before. Like, pretty much everything was done by the books up until the moment. Yeah, yeah, everything was go like there was no reason for this to happen. Right, so several hours after it sets out en route to its destination, the port city of Savona, the ship approached a small Tuscan island named Giglio. Giglio. Yeah, Giglio Island. Like the movie. Starring Gilly? Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Huge hit. Outstanding. Oh, yeah. Shouts out, Ben. Anyway, this is where everything goes wrong. Oh. Yes, the Concordia deviated from its standard course, moving closer to the island for a maritime salute. Oh, mm -hmm. like there was another captain nearby that they wanted to pay their respects to, something like that? Uh, not quite. This is when the ship does a does a barrel roll. It oh. is it, it is like that. It's actually a common practice that's known as a sail by, and that's when ships travel close to the shore to give passengers a nice view or to salute other sailors. Uh, Still don't quite understand. It's but it's a ship fine. thing. Yeah, no, I, no, know, no. I, I'm not. They just come I, by close. It's I'm not like questioning a little it. Flyby. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, anyway, there's a problem. Okay. The area near Giglio Island is known for its rock outcroppings. Well, uh -oh. not known to everybody. Uh, yeah. You can probably see where this is going. Certainly not Captain Francesca. No, 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 no. no. Shatino had no idea. At some point, a rocky formation was noticed in the ship's path. Okay, so they saw it, and Cap uh -huh. Captain Francesco Chitino ordered a change in course, but due to language issues, the Indonesian helmsman steered the Concordia in the opposite direction. Whoa. Uh-oh. That should be, like, something that's worked out ahead of time. No, Just I think Just like that's the basic language barriers between the captain and the... The helmsman? No, I think that's standard practice. Okay. I think that's how it's supposed to work. Maybe an Indonesian, an Indonesian wildly pointing to the left means go right. Maybe. It's entirely possible, but hey, I don't want to heap too much on, on, on our good helmsman because no, yeah, it no. turns out, as we'll find out later, definitely not their fault because the mistake was quickly corrected, but it did take 13 seconds to do so. Yeah, because it's an enormous ship. Big boy. Big boy ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she. Ships are. A lady can be a big boy. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, those 13 seconds would prove extremely costly. The Concordia's stern collided with the reef at approximately 9.45 p.m., tearing a 174-foot gash in the ship's port side. Port, left, four letters, four yep, and four. Yep. So yeah, five compartments immediately flood, and this is including the engine room, and so the ship loses power. Oh, okay, good. That's pretty disastrous, like, right off. Well, it's actually <laughs> I mean, not it, a big oops. deal. <laughs> it's actually fine. Oh, okay. Which we'll get to, uh, but what's worse is the ship's engines and rudder also stopped functioning, so the ship could not be steered anymore. My God. And uh, she came to a stop just off the island. Inside the ship, passengers are panicking and crew members are trying their utmost to calm them down. Yeah, and here again, the Titanic's immense influence shows up in another wreck. And once again, not how you would expect. Definitely a postmodern wreck here. Yeah, it is very strange. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very bizarre. Uh, so some survivors claimed that Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On maybe famously known from the Titanic movie, uh, they said that this song was playing in one of the ship's restaurants at the time of the wreck. Uh, so okay, let's break yes. this down. Yeah, You shouldn't play that song on a ship. It is inextricably no. linked with one of the most famous and disastrous shipwrecks in history. I don't know. Yeah, don't, don't have any reminders of the Titanic on your seafaring vessel. Yeah. Period. No, it's, it's not a good thing. And, you know, I'd say follow up. I don't want to listen to music with lyrics while I'm eating. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, sure. it depends on the volume, I think. I don't I mind if it's so, yeah. low. Well, I need it loud. I need loud stock <laughs> music. Got it. Yeah. So they're listening to the theme song from Titanic as their ship is sinking. <laughs> Yannick Skaga from Switzerland told a newspaper that he was listening to the song while dining with his brother when the ship crashed into the rocks and started to keel over. So yeah. Also, I don't know if we mentioned that. It's leaning. Yeah. And it's not upright anymore. Uh, and, and, and Yannick said, Images from the film Titanic are more realistic than one might imagine. They kept coming into my head. I kept seeing a 17-year-old boy painting his nude girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but while people are listening to Canadian pop sensations, power ballad, the ship's crew was trying to assure passengers that everything was fine. Uh, in amateur video footage, a crew member tells passengers, quote, everything is under control and asks them to go to their cabins. Everything is fine. Please return to your cabin so you can die quietly there. It's such a weird impulse that people seem to have whenever something like this goes wrong, where the people who are like, I mean, this, these people aren't in charge. You know, this is just the, the crew. Like, I mean, yeah. they're in charge, kind of. They have authority, but they're not like, I don't know, whatever. But uh, just that weird impulse to be like, no, 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 no. Don't do anything. I think everything's fine. Don't do fine. anything. We're going to sort this out. You don't even know what's happening. Yourself, probably. Also, never believe these people. No, never. never. believe it. When, uh, when, when they tell you everything's fine, jump. If yes. it's on a plane, jump. Yep. Yeah. Like, it is not fine. The official ship hits the fan stance is don't trust anyone <laughs> in uniform. No, never. Never, ever. <laughs> you. That's our first t-shirt. That's right. And yeah. you are the master of your own destiny. You're the captain of your life. Didn't we cover something recently where someone only survived because they jumped instead of listening to the... Was that the first episode? On the Eastland? Or maybe I'm I don't think there was up. really time for anyone. That's true, there yeah. may have been no that crew on the Eastland. They may yeah, have just yeah. been like, come on, we'll all steer the boat. Yeah. If the if the ship's at a 45 degree angle, though, maybe don't go back to your cabin. Yes. D maybe stay up, stay up top. Yeah. And, and and we should mention, you know, as we discuss, 
you know, what happened on this ship and what happened to the passengers is there were casualties, you know, so. Were there really? Yes. I didn't. It was even... about 30 uh, people oh, died God. in this completely avoidable accident. Yeah. Well, accident is, I think, putting a generous spin on it. Collision. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 30 minutes after the wreck, the Italian Coast Guard contacted the Concordia. <sighs> hey, what? What's going on? <laughs> hey, we noticed that you have a big hole and are tipping over. Are you, you haven't called though or anything, so I'm just checking in. Haven't heard from you in a minute. Yeah. Um, well, Captain Chitino, professional as ever, downplayed the damage, telling them that his ship had only experienced a blackout. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Way to go, King. Uh, and about 10 minutes later, the Coast Guard contacted the ship again, and this time the crew admitted that the vessel was taking on a little bit of water. In its 174-foot gash. How does he not... Like, he has to know that there's a hole in the ship, right? So what is the plan? He's just going to patch it up himself and try to cover it up? I mean... Like, what the hell... What is your plan? He had a plan. You might not like it, but he had a plan. Well, (laughs) he he requested tugboats. Okay. So, like, he's doing some kind of damage control. There's a part of his brain lighting up. Yeah. He's the definition of the dog in the burning house Mm -hmm. sitting at the table. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is the this is fine dog. Yeah, Yeah. more so than you'd even realize because at about 10.30 p.m., like 45 minutes after the collision, the captain ordered dinner for himself and another person on board. Oh. Yes, king move. Dude. King move. What did he order? Do we know? Hmm. I, I don't know. He's a rigatine, rigatoni, right? A tortellini. Tortellini. <laughs> a chef boyardee. <laughs> Spaghettios. <laughs> I'm just picturing this, this asshole with like a, a big napkin tied around his neck. Just eating dinner, totally content as his ship sinks around him. It hit the rocks because he and all the other crew were hanging out of the side of the boat, whistling at an American co-ed. Yeah, yeah, by. yeah. Oh man. And you should you should look up a picture of this dude. We'll we'll put some on our socials. He, mm. he looks like every corrupt politician you've ever seen. Okay. Yes. Which yes. is awesome. Anyway, one of the ship's cooks told the GMA network that, quote, we wondered what was going on. The stuff in the kitchen was falling off shelves and we realized how grave the situation was. Oh. And then someone puts in a, a slip and they're like, Captain wants an omelet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> if this was a Disney movie, like the falling knives would be dicing the vegetables. Right yes. Now. Yeah. Or the ship would turn 90 degrees and they would pin the sous chef or a waiter by his sleeves mm-hmm. and pant legs to the wall. Not like lacerating him. Anyway, the cook added, I have spent 12 years of experience as a cook on a cruise ship. I have even witnessed fires, so I wasn't that scared. But I did wonder, though, what the captain was doing. Why was he still there? (laughs) Don't worry. He won't stick around for long, run. No, no. (laughs) And perhaps the juiciest part of this story. 10.39 p.m., nine minutes after the captain ordered dinner, the first rescue vessel arrived, and about 15 minutes after that, Chatino finally ordered that the Concordia be abandoned. Hang on a minute, please. If I could just finish my dinner. <laughs> I've only had 15 minutes. Come on. <laughs> Who can eat that fast? <laughs> slow down, slow down. I have to digest my food. In Italy, dinner take four hours. <laughs> I need to take a nap. <laughs> Finally, the crew began to evacuate the ship, but some passengers later testified that they didn't hear the alarm to proceed to the lifeboats. 
An evacuation was made even more chaotic by the ship listing so far to starboard. Oof. Which is right. <laughs> and and when it's listing like that, that's like you're on, that's like your whole, the planet that you're standing on is now listing. Yeah, like that's gotta crooked. be a crazy. Gravity yeah. has completely changed. <laughs> you're just trying to walk through the hallway fight from inception to get to the elevator. Yeah, you're like, yeah, sorry, yeah, excuse basically. me. Whoa, okay. Right. This is when Spider-Man would be web-slinging his way to safety Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah, where was Spider-Man during all this? That's my question. He doesn't care about Italy. He's just a kid. He can't handle this kind of pressure. (laughs) Anyway, he's also not real. So yeah, walking inside was super difficult, and lowering the lifeboats on one side was pretty much impossible. Yeah. And not to mention, the captain had discouraged passengers from heading to muster points, further delaying what should have been a straightforward evacuation. An evacuation that should have started almost three hours earlier. Yeah, and probably would have been very easy at that point. This is definitely when it, and it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. I mean, it is the crime also, but the cover-up always gets people in just major trouble. Because I guess nobody wants to admit something like a catastrophic thing has occurred. Yeah, and but I mean, how the hell do you hide a almost 200-foot hole in your sinking ship? Like, oh, I don't know. Well, presumably, one of the things you do is drop the anchor incorrectly. Oh, okay. <laughs> which causes the ship to flop over even more dramatically. Oh, my God. Like, oh, someone's going to see. Quick, <laughs> drop uh... it. All right. So where was our fearless captain while all this is going on? We know dinner was ruined. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was in a bad mood. So where is he at this point? Oh, c- Captain Francesco? Yeah, probably uh, enjoying an after-dinner cigarette, right, on the ship. Well, maybe he was enjoying an after-dinner cigarette on a lifeboat. Oh, okay. That's good. right, folks. The good captain has already abandoned the ship by this time. He has made it onto a lifeboat before everyone else has evacuated the Concordia. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> he went- Again, uh, not admirable, but understandable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm doing the same thing if it's me. Well... Maybe it wasn't his choice because he would later argue that he, that he fell into a lifeboat because of oh how the ship God. was listing to one side. Oh, shut up. This is, this is the excuse of a six-year-old. This yes. Is, I tripped into the window. Oh, That's why no, it's broken. I tripped and fell, and then I couldn't get back into the ship. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, boy, better stay here. <laughs> Oh no, but that fortunately that's not a rat that's not a rap on our friend Chatino because at 12:40 a coast guard officer named Gregorio DeFalco ordered Chatino to return to the Concordia and oversee the evacuation. Oh my god. This led to a pretty famous exchange between the two. Get back on board. DeFalco shouted at Mr. Chatino. Go up on the bow of the ship on a rope ladder and tell me what you can do. How many people are there and what they need. Now. Kick ass. I'll be a Chatino. <sighs> All right. <laughs> oh, no. Fine. <laughs> By this time, the rescue operations included 25 patrol boats, 14 merchant vessels, and numerous helicopters. By early morning, 4,194 people were evacuated from the Concordia and taken to Giglio Island. So it was an outstanding rescue, given the circumstances. Yeah. Wait, so that quote, that's not an exchange, really. That's just the one guy. It's really not, talking. yeah. Yeah, okay. well, uh, yeah. I'm sure Shatino had some things he probably to had say, some but just, whatever, that hasn't funny. been preserved. I tripped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the boat, the flung. <laughs> I never got my dinner. 
Giglio's deputy mayor at the time, Mario Pellegrini, boarded the ship to talk with officials and organize the evacuation. We have a pretty harrowing quote here from the deputy mayor himself. I can't forget the eyes of children scared to death and of their parents. The metallic sound of the enormous ship tipping over and the gurgling of the sea up the endless corridors of the cruiser. Oof. Damn. Yeah, so uh, in the end, 32 people did die, uh, and the last body was not recovered until November of 2014, which is just awful. Good lord, Just awful. Sergio Ortelli, who is still the mayor of Giglio 10 years later, said, quote, Nobody can go back and cancel those senseless deaths of innocent people or the grief of their families. The tragedy will always stay with us as a community. It was an apocalypse for us. Yeah, and the, the photos are so crazy, too, because it's just like a huge cruise ship that is very much like above the water still, just kind of like flopped over. And that's so many people to get out. Like, I, I mean, you're yeah. evacuating like a little town, basically, at that yeah. point. And, and people are going to get lost. People are going to be trapped somewhere. You know, ugh, it's just... Probably older people can't, like, maybe don't have the yeah. mobility. It's just, oh, the hey, worst. Yeah, and especially being told not to evacuate. So, right, you know, right, communication yeah. is so important in these mm-hmm. these moments. And to have the early messaging be, it's fine, go to your cabins. The captain is eating dinner. It's fine. If you're on a ship and things are going wrong, it seems like just go, at, at the very least, go to the deck. Go above. Check yeah. things out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check just things get, out. Just get up there. Maybe hang out near a lifeboat if one's around. But just hang out above. Yeah, get upstairs. Above the cabins. It's so. Right? You mean cruise ships though? They just tower above the water. You're on like a small skyscraper. It's. Oh yeah. It's so. You know. It's. I think this came at a time where like, it, and I'm. I believe it. It kind of ushered in more awareness. But you know, cruise ships are like. They're floating hotels, so it's a lot about hospitality. So it's like how... Right, you kind of don't assume... I mean, like the Titanic or whatever. It's You don't assume that something bad can happen, really. You're kind of like, well, they have this figured out. Right, and if it does happen, I think that there's a kind of a prevailing urge by the people running things to just maintain like the like status normalcy. quo. It's yeah. like how uh, hotels don't want you to see the cleaning staff. It's like you come back from your day out and the room is magically cleaned. The beds are made and the towels are washed and mm-hmm. the linens are changed and, and you're none the wiser. You never saw anyone. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. And so I think that like that, that's probably a lot of the reasoning. I think also the captain was just hilariously inept and, and completely unqualified mm-hmm. to command anyone or anything. But I think it, a lot of it probably stems from the, you know, that dog in the house on fire is like, everything's fine because it has to be. Right, yeah. Right. This is a huge undertaking and it can't like it's hard to wrap your mind around. Oh, wait, this ship is going to sink now or or tump over and we have to get out of here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, like just jumping off of that ship. Like, I know we make jokes about it, but like that would probably I don't know, maybe kill you or hurt you really bad. Like because they're so big. It's not like just jumping out of a boat. Yeah. 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 You're not diet. You're not going into like a a swimming pool. No, Uh, you are. You're way up there. Up there. And also. An area known for rock outcroppings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, so not not good. Uh, and this is especially awful for the people of Giglio who just had a tragedy just foisted upon their shores in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Just like, bam, you have to figure this out. This is your problem now. Yeah. We have 4,000 people who are like traumatized now to mm-hmm. deal with. Yeah. And so the aftermath 
the completely avoidable disaster along with the captain's abandoning of the ship was considered a national disgrace in Italy. The main question was clear, why was the cruising ship sailing so close to the shore in the first place? Well, it was a salute, right? Well, yes. Uh, during the ensuing trial, however, prosecutors claimed that the married ship captain had sailed so close to the island to impress a much younger Moldovan dancer with whom he was having an oh affair. Oh my god. I love how they stuck the details in there. The married ship captain. Yeah. yeah much really younger, much younger Moldovan dancer. Just just to twist the knife a little bit. Imagine like you're one of the 32 people that die or like, you know, a family member of one of the 32 people that die. And then it comes out that this was so that the captain who was having an affair with a Moldovan dancer could impress her. Just t texting from the bridge. Babe, look outside. And it was 2012. She's like, I can't. I'm playing Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. And um, we should mention that this is when when this was like reported on. It was said by the the prosecutors in the case. So I don't know where these sources came from, but allegedly this is why he pulled the ship into yeah, yeah. such a small area during the trial. Captain Chatino admitted he had committed an imprudence, saying that he decided to sail near Giglio at high speed to greet the family of the ship's head waiter. Is that common practice? No head waiter gets that kind of love. No. Come on. The captain probably doesn't even know the name of the head waiter. Which would be a yet another imprudence. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, that's right, folks. Time for the blame game. It's so nice. Last time we didn't have anyone to blame. Yes. No, but uh, this time we really have just an outstanding figure to blame who maybe was kind of a convenient fall guy, but also he made so many mistakes himself. So mm -hmm. you can't really argue against it. Well, he himself blamed the shipwreck on the Indonesian helmsman, uh, Jacob Bruce Lee Bin, who he claimed reacted incorrectly to his order. He heroically blamed someone else. Yes, yeah, yeah. good job. Well, you're Still not going to take uniform. responsibility for your actions. Oh my God, no. Yeah. Especially if you haven't had dinner. No. He argued that if the helmsman had reacted correctly and quickly, the ship wouldn't have wrecked. However, an Italian naval admiral testified that even though the helmsman was late in executing the captain's orders, the crash would have happened anyway. Okay. So lay off of Jacob Chitino. Also, maybe don't sail your enormous ship into rocks. Maybe don't. Just, yeah. yeah. If they had noticed those rocks too, like if they were looking out saying, hey, there's a rock outcropping, it must have been huge. Yeah, if to, they can to be see able it to from see there. It yeah. The ship. Oh yeah. my God. There's the size of it compared to a like 1,000 foot ship. Yeah. And if they had communicated with people on shore, they probably would have gotten a pretty substantial advance warning or been told not to come in. You'd think. Evidence introduced in Chatino's trial suggests that the safety of his passengers and crew wasn't exactly his top priority as he assessed the damage to the Concordia. In a recorded phone call with Costa Concordia's crisis coordinator, Roberto Ferrarini, Chatino tried to cover up his actions by saying the blackout was actually what caused the accident. Wait, he called corporate while this was going on? Oh, God. It seems like it, he said on the phone. I have made a mess and practically the whole ship is flooding. So yes, said this while the ship was sinking and then went on to say, what should I say to the media? To the port authorities, I have said that we have had a blackout. Oh. Yeah. Well, he just wants to get us, he, he just wants to get a story straight. He is just concerned about saving his own skin. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, he did not. In 2015, oh. a court found him guilty of manslaughter 
causing a shipwreck and abandoning ship before passengers and crew were evacuated and lying to authorities about the disaster, he was sentenced to 16 years in prison. So in a way, kind of went down with the ship. Yeah. I like that causing a shipwreck was one of the charges. (laughs) How long has it been since they've used that? Yeah, honestly. Oh, and get this. While Shatino is actively on trial for all of these things, he gave a seminar to university students in Rome on the subject of, quote, managing situations of crisis and panic. What? (laughs) Yeah, he had a speaking engagement. You know what this is? This reminds me of like, when I was younger, I got a ticket for underage drinking and I had to go to a class. Mm -hmm. And in that class was a guy who was there for like, because his lo- he sold a ton of drugs to an undercover cop and was like, I'm looking at 50 years and my lawyer said that this might be helpful. That's what this feels like. Like, so, like his lawyer was like, why don't you go teach a class on managing situations? It'll look really good in court. Oh, like in sentencing or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, maybe, yeah. but maybe like go to a beach and like pick up trash or something. I mean, that's what he's qualified to do. Certainly more than this, but... Well, he would disagree. When he was asked about this engagement, the disgraced captain responded, I was invited because I'm an expert. You are not. You're an expert in being in a crisis situation. (laughs) In creating them. He's an expert in managing it. He managed it terribly, but he did that was a form of management. That's true, I guess. He's an expert in panicking. Yes. Or maybe not panicking. He ordered dinner. Honestly, very yeah, good at he not might panicking. be the coolest head aboard. <laughs> Too cool, actually. Maybe, yeah, maybe a little more concern yeah. would have like spurred him into action. Like, I get it, you're hungry, but maybe just request like a granola bar gets sent up or something. Could I mean, we get a Belvita bar? Yeah, maybe a full dinner is a little bit much. Just a bit, maybe a light, like a lunch. Sure. Me and Mistress Number Three need a couple of power bars. Stat, yeah, something like get that. Off show. Something like that. Yeah. Well, if you thought the good skipper couldn't get any more tone deaf, he proceeded to deliver this chestnut. How come that after the attacks on the twin towers, people were throwing themselves out of windows, while during the capsizing of the Concordia, nobody did anything like that? Oh my God. Okay. Couple, Got him. Couple Got things. Got him. Take that. Let's take, let's take this Ooh. one apart. What's he talking about? Yeah, I don't. Like, I, I don't understand what this accomplishes. Yeah, like, what are you trying to say? It wasn't as bad as 9-11? I think that in response to being pressed about speaking on managing situations of crisis and panic, he said he didn't, he did a better job than 9-11. Than the, the captain of 9-11? Yeah, what the hell I, is he talking I, about? I don't know. The captain of the World Trade Centers, he outperformed. I don't know. The captain of the Pentagon? Like, what? And also, people were jumping off the Concordia. Yeah. Yeah. Missed it by a mile, Francesco. What the hell? (laughs) That one's nuts, too. Because it's not even like, you know, in the years right after 9-11, it was inescapable, right? You know, everything tied back into it. This is 2014. This is 13 years later, and he's like, what about 9-11? What about it? Yeah. Breathtaking. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's like when Bush kept bringing it up for years and years after. But yeah, this was like 10 plus years after. I always wonder with these guys, like, do they even feel bad? Like, do they feel bad about the deaths they caused and all that? Or is it just do they just feel bad that they are having to suffer consequences? I feel like when he's at home chilling with his Moldovan girlfriend. Yeah, he probably is like, that was on me. Okay, that was my bad. He probably. I I mean, I hope so. 
I hope he at least feels some sort of, you know, guilt for this. I I would assume you have to. I don't I don't know how you would escape any of that, but I mean, it could just be a sociopath. Some, yeah, there might be just some quiet moments where he goes, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Shouldn't have shouldn't have done that. <sighs> I've been a bad the boy. Well, in addition to Shatino, the other people who received convictions for their role in the disaster were Costa Crocieri's crisis coordinator, Ferrarini, who was on the other end of the phone, mm -hmm. uh, the helmsman, Rusli Bin, along with Captain Sir Yeah, I know, they got him. You can't steer it the wrong way, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, that is bad. Uh, and that was along with Cabin Service Director, Manrico Giampedroni, First Officer, Ciro Ambrosio, and Third Officer, Silvia Coronica. Just the names are... I did a good job with those. You did a good job. Take. I'm just like hearing the names is funny to me. They were all sentenced to three years of no drinks at the Bada Bing. <laughs> no! So then comes the issue. What do you do with the wrecked cruise ship? It is hulking outside of Yulio, uh, Gilio. Look up photos of yeah, the aftermath. We'll, we'll post some. Not even the sinking, but like 10 years later, or I guess it hasn't been 10 years, but like, you know, look up some five to eight year on photos of this thing, just like this rusting, massive, hulking Huge. thing out in the ocean. Yeah, which was complicated by a couple things. One, it tipped over in a protected marine area. Oh, perfect. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. And then on top of that, the vessel was lying on the edge of an underwater cliff. So there were fears that it might slip and break apart, causing an oil spill. God. Yeah, this wasn't the Peter Iredale. They wanted it out of there. They didn't oh, want yeah. it to be like a fun tourist attraction. Yeah, no, this wasn't one you could just look at uh, sweetly with a glass of whiskey in your hand. This this one's far, far worse. And you're right, they don't want it around. May your bones bleach in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks cool as hell, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular to look at. It's terrifying and tragic, but it is like a... It's a sight to behold, certainly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a really yes. good way of putting it. Oil booms were placed around the wreckage, and by February, salvage workers began removing more than 2,000 tons of fuel. Oof. And uh, it was not until September of the next year that the 114,000-ton Concordia was finally righted. The 19-hour process involved specially built underwater platforms, cranes, and some 500 people. In July 2014, the Concordia, outfitted with a number of steel containers serving as flotation devices, was towed to Genoa, Italy, where it was dismantled for scrap. The photos of that are crazy, too. It's just this ship with, like, shipping containers attached to the side. It it's doesn't very, look it, like it should be seaworthy. No, not at all. I mean, it's impressive. It was the largest maritime salvage operation in history. I mean, I mean, you know the company was like, can we can we get that out of there? Can, can yeah, we please, please do can we scrub about that, that record? Yeah. Get it out of there. They had to call the wolf from Pulp Fiction to mm -hmm. oversee all this. Yeah. Harvey Keitel was in charge. <laughs> did an amazing job, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. That is Costa Concordia. Good God. Woo! Yeah. Don't show off unless it works, and then you just look really cool. Right. It's nice being able to point a finger at someone. Yeah, I think, I think Costa Crociere felt much the same about that. Uh, yeah, even though like, they're oh, the company you can have that, this ass. Yeah, even yeah, though they're the company him. that reemployed him after he hit another ship, and will reemploy him again when he's out of prison. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, probably, probably. I think at one point he was referred to as like Italy's most hated man. Really, something like that. <laughs> well, this was a, it was a national disgrace. 
there was a ton. And, and, and the guy who scolded him went on to a career in politics. Like he was so popular because of that, that like rocketed him to fame, the, the Coast Guard officer. Oh, like Rudy Giuliani. Exactly. Thank you so much for listening. Like we said at the top, one of the most requested episodes probably by far this season and definitely one we were excited about. Mm -hmm. It's really unfortunate how absolutely avoidable it is. Definitely different than last week's, which was a freak accident, uh, which everyone survived. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of bad reasons for a ship to, you don't want a ship to wreck ever and you you definitely yeah. don't want it to be because of negligence or something which most of these have been but something about like this one where it's just a dude trying to impress his mistress gets 32 <laughs> people killed and like fucks up a marine sanctuary it's so stupid yeah like a major world news disaster yeah just yeah. because you're trying to show off for someone you're already banging it sounds like <laughs> Maybe he was trying. Maybe this was part of like putting the groundwork in. Ugh, God, Chitino. Just barely ten years ago, too. Yeah, yeah. So he must still be in prison. I think he got he got sixteen. I don't years, think he think. went until twenty seventeen. Yeah, the trial went on for a long time. Yeah, he probably got time served. You know. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honorable oh. mention. Actually, Brian, have you done an honorable mention yet? <laughs> <laughs> Brian's oh, gone. Sorry, Only we've got a girl in the studio. <laughs> Brian, Gar! much like Captain Shatino's repeated blunders, we're blessed this week by maybe the funniest sequel in recent memory. You might remember that in March of 2021, a massive cargo ship blocked the entire Suez Canal. Of course, you remember. It, yeah. it was all over. The, it blocked world trade. For like a week. Yeah. It messed up your Amazon subscriptions for like a month, two months, three months even. A while. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. A year, that's a long time. It may be the reason this show exists. Possibly. Maybe. Yeah, it, it it brought ships back and it brought us into existence. So you might remember the ship that blocked the Suez Canal was the Ever Given. It was owned by the Evergreen Shipping Company. It gained global attention, spawned endless discussion, memes. I love the memes, uh, news coverage. It blocked traffic for six days, holding up international supply chains all around the world. It's one of those things when like one thing like this happens, you realize how fragile everything else. It just completely falls apart. Unbelievably so. Yeah, and I encourage you to look up how big these ships are and how much they can actually hold because it is staggering. I think these are the biggest ships ever made. They 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 right? really are, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're going out of and they're they're going through canals that are like 2 inches wider than they are. Yep. It's it's crazy. And they are packed from top to bottom. Yes. Like the entire ship, there is nothing there but space. Mm-hmm. And it is just row or like towers of shipping containers. Yeah. And these things. <laughs> that's logistics, baby. That's right. That's by, logistics. By the time, oh, that's what logistics is. Anytime yeah. I meet someone that works in it, I go, oh. Yeah. Uh, by the time was, the Ever Given was freed, there were 367 ships waiting to get through the Suez Canal. Yeah. After six days. Yeah. Yeah. You're just sitting there, just sitting there in traffic. Well, just when we thought things couldn't get any funnier, another ship owned by the same company 
has oh, done it again. No. Done it again, baby. Well, in sort a way, of, yeah. they've done it again. Yeah, yeah. Because almost exactly a year later, the Ever Forward, <laughs> this time, new ship, not the Ever Given, Ever no, Forward, we're moving forward, found itself beached in the Chesapeake Bay here in the good old U.S. of A. off hey. the coast of Maryland. Well, so it's, it's stuck. So apparently the Ever Forward deviated from the 50-foot deep channel and it got into the 25-foot deep water. So big hand to the whole Ever Forward team on making us laugh in these dark times. Thank you. Thank you, Ever Forward. Nothing like a good beaching and probably everybody's fine. Well, I mean, it's just, yeah. Just yeah. Well, the captain had a had a sweetie in Baltimore. <laughs> he was trying to get her some old bay. <laughs> As if she didn't have enough. Her name was Snoop, and uh, yep, they yep. were lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, lucky for the Ever Forward, the Chesapeake Bay, less of a shipping choke point. I assume it's just where bodies get dumped or something like that. Yeah. Uh, our precious, precious global supply chain is unaffected. <laughs> Thank uh, God. But yeah, we just have a, a container ship just out there. Is it still there? Do we know? I, it's still there as of this morning. And if I know Baltimore, there it shall remain. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, and I wanted to thank Richard W. Stern on Twitter for sending us a picture of the ship floating like a, just a big log out there in the distance. Yeah. Enshrouded in fog. Uh, Richard is a ship agent in Baltimore with maybe the most apt name hey. I've seen. Uh, but although they were quick to clarify, not for the ever forward. So thank you again, okay. Richard, yes. for sending that picture. Good, good. Yeah, sure you aren't. Sure you aren't. <laughs> Photos clearly taken from a lifeboat. <laughs> like 30 seconds after the, the beaching. Yeah. <laughs> Tweeted at us before the news had even broken. Give me give me the metadata on that photo. I want to see some some stats. That's how we'll know we've really made it is when a captain sinks a ship just to get on the show. They want an episode, well, they don't care. There's some ugly accusations being thrown around about us, given, you know, some of the most notable shipping finds and uh, uh, oopsies. Yeah, well, <laughs> they just don't like that, uh, you know, we we laugh at the old death. No, 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 I'm not talking oh. about that. I'm saying people implying that maybe we beached the Ever Forward. They're oh, saying how convenient it is that, news. yeah, just weeks after we launched this landmark podcast, uh -huh. the best to ever do it, that mysteriously, the ship has run aground. The endurance has been found. What's going to happen next? Oof, that is a good question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope Costa Concordia 2 wrecks and that Giuseppe, this is going to make a ship that hits the fan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Check us out on Socials Ship Hits Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yep. We are trying uh, our utmost to post to those. It's all us. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like we said at the top of the show, rate it, share it, download it, like it. Tell somebody. Tell mm -hmm. somebody. If you want more of these, tell somebody and, you know, get the, get the, help us get the word out there about ship hits. Yeah. yeah. And as always, send us pictures of yourself with, on, or near boats. Mm -hmm. Preferably large ships. Large ships would be yeah. great. But if it's a dinghy, we'll take it. That's okay. You know, we're not picky. As long as it's commercial. I don't want to see any personal watercraft. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for us. Yeah. See you. Bye. See you next week. Mm -hmm.